Welcome to Central Baptist Church's Sermon Podcast. This program features the preaching and teaching of Corey Ramirez, the pastor of Central Baptist Church of Little Rock, Arkansas. In God's Word, you will find the encouragement needed for today. And now, here is Pastor Ramirez. This morning we'll be in Matthew chapter 5. The verse we'll be focusing on is verse 6. Verse 6, what a Christian should be. And this morning, uh, I believe a Christian should hunger and thirst after righteousness. Hunger and thirst after righteousness. So that's what we're going to talk about here this morning. Uh, This will continue our series on what a Christian should be. And I'll read it to you again here, Matthew chapter 5. And we'll just read verse uh, 6 this morning. Matthew chapter 5, verse 6 says here, Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. They shall be filled. You know, how to be happy, how to be happy. That's what this subject really is here. And if you want to be happy, here is one of the keys to happiness, as we'll talk about here this morning. And that key really is to seek righteousness, to seek righteousness, the righteousness that only God offers. And so this morning, I want to have three thoughts from this verse that I hope will encourage you uh, as far as your life and your relationship with God, if you have one, or if you need to have a relationship with God, that is something you can settle this morning. And the first one is, I want you to notice in this passage, uh, he begins in this beatitude with referring to what we call a powerful craving, a powerful craving. Uh, notice he says in verse 6, blessed are they which do hunger and thirst, hunger and thirst. Uh, the word hunger here means to be famished, uh, to crave Intensely. It's a strong word, by the way. It's a strong word here. Uh, and the word for thirst means to thirst intensely. Uh, to thirst intensely. So the picture here is given of one who is starving, one who is uh, seeking food, seeking some water, uh, not because they've just missed their snack time or missed a meal, but because uh, if they don't get it, they may... They may not get another meal. Does that make sense? We're talking about someone who is starving, uh, someone who is uh, needing something important. Now, let me give you a few thoughts on this. You know, physical life, because that's what he's using as far as the picture here. Uh, physical life, uh, food and water are necessities. Uh, food and water are necessities. If you don't have those, you're in trouble, or you will be in trouble soon. Uh, food and water are both necessities, and there's nothing wrong with being hungry. Or being thirsty. You know, I guess I should have preached this message on a, you know, a fellowship dinner when we had the food out there, but, uh, uh, nothing wrong with being thirsty or hungry. You know, those are both natural to your body, correct? It's telling you that you need these. Uh, and if you don't get these, there's going to be some issues or some problems with your body, uh, and some really big issues if you neglect those, uh, as far as your body shutting down. Uh, and so it's natural. And because our physical body needs these, we may crave them at times. We may want these. Well, let's, uh, bring this into the spiritual now. All right. Righteousness. We're going to talk more about that and explain it here in a minute. But let me point this out to you. Righteousness is a necessity as well. It's a necessity for your spiritual life. Just as food and water are needed for you to live physically, you need righteousness if you're going to live spiritually and have spiritual life. And so the craving here is a craving after righteousness, after, as we'll talk about here, the the righteousness that only God can give. Uh, This indicates that there's a void here. That's what it indicates. Uh, If you're hungry, it's because you're missing something. You're missing food or water. So the craving here indicates there's something missing. There's a void, there's an emptiness, and that void can be filled or needs to be filled 
And we need to seek the righteousness that God has. Uh, I guess the point here is spiritual life depends upon righteousness. And we'll talk about that. So the craving. Now, as far as the craving, uh, it's genuine. There's a need. That's genuine. It's also continual. Uh, The craving will not go away until you're satisfied. Have you ever had that happen before? You know, you're hungry and it's not going to go away until you're satisfied. Uh, With this passage here, I always thought it was interesting where he says, happy are those that thirst and hunger after righteousness. Uh, You know, when you compare that to the physical, I'm not happy when I'm hungry. You can ask my family. It's just not the way it is. Uh, But it's amazing how the Lord will use that. How he uses this, the key to happiness is that hungering and thirsting after righteousness. So it's continual. Also, it's intense. It's a strong, a strong craving is what we're talking about here. Well, what can be done to satisfy this craving? This is what we want to talk about next. What can you do to satisfy this craving? Well, here it is. I'll call it the priceless possession, and that's righteousness. This is what will satisfy the craving spiritually in your heart and in your soul. And let's talk about this now. Righteousness, he says here, Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness. So what is righteousness? We've got to uh, discover that first this morning. We've got to discover what righteousness is so we can see how, one, we should crave it, and two, how it satisfies. So what is righteousness? Uh, righteous. Uh, it means to be right, to be right with God is the meaning of righteousness. Now, it can refer to what we call your position before God. If someone here has received Jesus Christ as their Savior, uh, you are righteous before God, your position before God. In other words, God sees you as being right with Him because you've been forgiven of your sin. You have eternal life. And God has accepted you because of Jesus Christ. You have received Christ as your Savior. You are made righteous before God. That's your position. But it also refers to what we call, uh, I guess, a progressive, uh, as far as your life and your relationship with God. Uh, it can refer to what we call sanctification. You're growing with the Lord. Uh, you're righteous as far as you're living right. You know, you can be saved and be living wrong. That's the point here. You can be saved and you can be living incorrectly. If you're righteous, that means you're walking with God and you're seeking His ways and you're living according to His Word. So righteousness means holiness, really. It's holiness. It's holiness of heart and holiness of life. The holiness of heart is when God changes your heart, when you receive Him as your Savior. And life, as we'll talk about here in a little bit, is when you yield to Him and you let Him work in your life. And that's the sanctification side of it. So that's what holy or righteousness is. It's holiness. It's being right before God. So why do you need it? Okay, Why do you need righteousness? Let's talk about that now. Why do you need to be righteous? Uh, the Bible tells us you need it to be happy. All right? Verse 6, Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness. Happy are they which hunger and thirst after righteousness. So if you're going to be happy this morning... You need to be righteous. You need to have the righteousness of God or of Christ in you. Now, nobody is truly happy if they're not right with God. I I really believe that. Nobody is truly happy if they're not right with God. They may have what I call happy moments. You can have some uh, enjoyable times, but you'll not have a lasting joy or a permanent happiness in your heart, despite the circumstances, unless you're right with God. Unless you're right with God. And you can't find this righteousness within. That's what I think we find in this world today. A lot of people are trying to find it within. They think if I can just do enough, or if I can put myself in a certain position, or if I can do this, then I'll find the happiness that I'm looking for. Well, you're not going to find it within. Let's go over to the book of Romans. Let me point out a few verses to you here in Romans chapter 3. 
which the Bible tells us why we can't find this righteousness within. Romans chapter 3. And it says here in verse 10, uh, As it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. That's a pretty straightforward statement, isn't it? There is none righteous, no, not one. That includes me, that includes you, everybody that's ever lived. He says here, uh, There is none that understandeth, there is none that seeketh after God. They are all gone out of the way, they are together become unprofitable. There is none that doeth good, no, not one. Their throat is an open sepulchre, with their tongue they have used deceit. The poison of asps is under their lips, whose mouth is full of cursing and bitterness. Their feet are swift to shed blood. Destruction and misery are in their ways, and the way of peace they have not known. There is no fear of God before their eyes. Now we know that what things soever the law saith, it saith to them who are under the law, that every mouth may be stopped, and all the world may become guilty before God. Therefore, by the deeds of the law, there shall no flesh be justified in his sight, for by the law is the knowledge of sin. I'm going to stop there. I'm going to come back to this passage here in a little while, but I'm going to stop there. The point here in this passage is that Paul is really getting across to us that I hope comes across to you this morning is that there is nobody that's righteous on their own. We're all sinners before God. You know what this does? This explains what's going on in our world today, does it not? This explains why there's sin out there. This explains why people do what they do. Because they're not right with God. They're not righteous. And we can't find this within ourselves. You know, Isaiah uh, in 64 verse 6, verse 6 says, But we are all unclean. We are all an unclean thing, is what he says. He goes, And all our righteousnesses are as filthy rags. And we all do fade as a leaf, and our iniquities like the wind have taken us away. Uh, basically saying there's nothing within us that is, is good before God. Nothing uh, in us that we can present to God as being good, uh, where we could be acceptable or accepted by God, because our righteousnesses are dirty. And that's because they're tainted with sin. That's the problem. The, the, the sin has tainted everything that we do. And because you cannot obtain righteousness in yourself, th- then you need help. I need help. We all need help. Well, you can't look to someone else for help because they're in the same boat, Right? Uh, we're all sinners. Uh, there's no person that's righteous on their own. That means there's no church that's righteous. You know, we're, what we have is churches should preach and teach the righteousness of Christ is what we should teach. In other words, we need God to make us righteous. And that's the answer here. How can you have righteousness? Let's go over to 1 John chapter 2. Because I want you to see something here. How can you have righteousness that God... How can you be right with God this morning? And then have the happiness that comes with that. 1 John chapter 2. And if you... I should have told you to hold your finger in Romans 3 because I'm going to go back. So uh, a little too late. But we're going to go back to Romans 3 here in a, section, in a second. But 1 John chapter 2 verse 1 says, My little children, these things write I unto you, that ye sin not. And if any may sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ... What's it say? The righteous. Jesus Christ, the righteous. You know Christ is righteous, is what he is. That's who he is. He's righteous. He's right before God. He is sinless. He is pure. He is holy. He's our advocate. He stands before God the Father on our behalf. He's our mediator. He's the reason why we can go to God. But the point I want to make this morning is he is righteous. Let's go back to Romans chapter 3. We read all the way up there to verse 20. It's what we read up to, Romans chapter 3. And we'll continue this because I want to point out to you the righteousness that Christ has. Verse 21. 
He says, but now the righteousness of God without the law is manifested, being witnessed by the law and prophets, even the righteousness of God, which is by faith of Jesus Christ unto all and upon all them that believe, for there is no difference. Let me read that to you again. The righteousness of God, which is by faith of Jesus Christ, unto all and upon all them that believe. You want to know how to receive the righteousness of God? You have to receive Jesus Christ as your Savior. Believe on Jesus Christ and be saved. Now, of course, that's, that comes with understanding. That understands that you sin. There's, there's a reason why you need forgiveness. We've talked about sin. We've all sinned. Well, what happens next is once you understand you've sinned, you need God's forgiveness. You receive Christ as your Savior, you'll be forgiven. And as far as the Bible teaches, that's where you receive the righteousness of Christ. Uh, you are now right before God. If you're saved here this morning, you are right before God because of Christ in your life. Because you've received Him. Not because of your works or your deeds or anything you will do. All because of what Christ has done on the cross. And all because of what He did for you. And that's what we find in this passage. Let's continue reading. He says here, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. That's verse 23. Verse 24, But being justified freely by His grace, through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God has set forth to be a propitiation through faith in His blood, to declare His righteousness for the remission of sins that are past through the forbearance of God, uh, to declare, I say at this time, his righteousness, that he might be just, and the justifier of him which believeth in Jesus. Notice what he says next. Where is boasting then? It is excluded by what law of works? Nay, but by the law of faith. Here, here's what he's saying. He said, you know what? Righteousness is in Christ. It's for those who believe on Jesus Christ and who receive Christ as their Savior. And that's when someone is made righteous or made right before God. I like how he puts there, uh, where then is their boasting? We can't boast about our salvation because we didn't earn our salvation. We didn't work for it. We've received it as a gift from God through Jesus Christ. For God so loved the world, John 3.16, that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth on Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. You see, salvation is simple. It's understanding you're a sinner, understanding that God has sent His Son to take your place on the cross, to pay the price for sin, and then the faith comes in. You have to believe on Christ as your Savior. Receive Him as your Savior. Not Christ in something else, not Christ in works, or Christ in membership, or Christ in anything else, but him alone. Receive Him as your Savior. Believe on Him and be saved. I hope you're saved here this morning. If not, that's something you can settle. You settle in your heart this morning. You settle it right now. Or when we have the invitation, you can settle it in prayer and seek God's forgiveness, believe on Him, and you shall be saved. And that's it. You don't have to come to church a certain amount of times. You don't have to do certain things. Those come afterwards. Alright, as we'll talk about here in a minute. Just make sure that you have received Christ as your Savior. And that's where righteousness comes. And that righteousness will come into your heart. So when you receive Christ as your Savior, you're made right before God. Then you can walk in His ways. Then you can live with Him. Because you're now right before God. So the point here is to seek righteousness. Make sure that you're saved and that you know the Lord. And there should be a craving there. A craving that comes. Uh, I think a desire to do what God wants. And that leads me to my final thought here this morning. And I'll just say this. Uh, someone who seeks after righteousness 
uh, you're going to be perfectly satisfied. You're going to be full. You're going to be filled. And that's not me saying, telling you this. That's what the Bible says. First, or uh, Matthew chapter 5, it says in verse 6, Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Perfectly satisfied. Perfectly satisfied. Okay, we're going to talk a little bit now about not only the righteousness that we should seek, what we'd call righteousness for our standing, our position, but the righteousness also as far as our relationship with Christ as Christians. We should continue to hunger and thirst after righteousness, and that's the sanctification, uh, that's the being set apart for God and growing in the Lord. So here's what I want to begin with, being perfectly satisfied. You know, there are a lot of people, maybe someone here this morning, that you would say, Pastor, I'm not perfectly satisfied. I'm not full. Well, there's two reasons for this. One, you haven't received Christ as your Savior, which we've just discussed. Or two, maybe there's some things in your life that have hindered your relationship with Christ. Uh, we are no longer seeking after Him. You're no longer hung- <clears throat> excuse me, hungering and thirsting after righteousness, but instead are maybe sidetracked or looking towards other things. Well, both those can be settled this morning. Both those can be settled. The problem is there are a lot of people that remain hungry in our world today. They're not satisfied. They're not full. Uh, you know, if you look at the Beatitudes, let me, uh, I think the answer is here. Because notice the first one is from verse 3. He said, blessed are the poor in spirit. The next one is, blessed are they that mourn. Then, blessed are the meek. And then the one we're talking about this morning, blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness. You know why a lot of people don't have the satisfaction? Uh, maybe it's because they're not poor in spirit to begin with. There's pride there. Uh, maybe it's because that next step is missing. They're not mourning over their sin. They don't see their sin before God and how serious it is. Uh, maybe the third step's missing and they're not meek before the Lord. They haven't humbled themselves before God. See, that's when the fourth one comes in. Then you begin to seek after the righteousness of God. So, look at those. Maybe along the line you've missed something. Or even after, as a Christian, you've lost sight of the importance of humility before God. The importance of meekness. The importance of seeking the Lord instead of seeking uh, after self. And then what happens is you get to that point where you begin to... You realize you're a sinner. You realize your sin is great. You realize that God is great. Then you begin to, to say... I need that righteousness that God has. I, I crave it and I want to be like God. You know, one of the greatest examples is the prodigal son, Luke chapter 15. I'll, I'll not turn there. It's a passage on the prodigal son. This, the, the, the parable we get, or the story we get is him uh, wanting his inheritance, wanting his money so he can go out and enjoy the, the pleasures of the world and the treasures of the world. And he did. He went out and he enjoyed it and he found out there was nothing lasting. He wasn't happy. Wasted all his money. He had fun for, for a season. He enjoyed everything. And then he was left empty. And so what did he do? He went and he lived amongst the, the pigs is what he did. And he ate their food. Uh, someone once pointed out that when he was hungry, he ate the husks with the pigs. When he was starving, he went back home to his dad. Maybe this morning, that's you. Maybe you're starving now. You say, you know, i got to get with God. i got to seek God. I, I want His righteousness. I want to be right with Him. And I want to seek Him every single day of my life. And when we get to that point of that craving, that starving, that, that'll drive us to God. The problem is there are a lot of people who are filling their soul, uh, let me put it this way, with garbage. All right? With garbage. And I, I, what I mean by that is they're seeking to find happiness in the world. Like the prodigal son did. Uh, they're, they're, they're gorging themselves with pleasures. 
thinking that's going to bring them peace, thinking that's going to bring them joy, thinking that's going to make them happy. Uh, they're filling their life with possessions, thinking the more they get, the happier they'll become. And that's how they're living. Or, or maybe they're seeking power, thinking that if they have this power or this position in life, that that'll bring peace and happiness. Or maybe they're seeking praise. You know, some seek the praise that the world has, the, the, the attention, thinking that this is going to make me happy. And they're finding out there's not happiness in that. There's not a lasting joy or happiness. Solomon made that mistake. The whole book of Ecclesiastes is written concerning that. Of him looking to the world for peace and happiness and not finding it. At the end of the book, he wraps it up by saying it's in God is where it is. It's in the Lord. That's where we find the happiness that we are yearning for, that our heart needs, that our soul desires. You know, uh, what for some people, um, they get dependent upon a cycle. Um, what I mean by that is they just go from one thing to another. And, and, and they go full speed, and then they realize that doesn't bring happiness, so they find something else, and then something else, and then something else. For some, it, it, it ends up with discouragement, because they realize, I can't find what I'm looking for. Well, I find a lot of things in the world, but I'm not finding the peace within my heart. I'm not being happy. Well, let's go back to Rome, or, uh, Matthew 5. Let me just point this out as we get ready to finish this point here. It said, Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. You know, that's a promise. Let me point out to you. They shall be filled. They shall be filled. That word filled, it refers, actually it's interesting, it's a word that refers to the, the feeding of animals. That's what it's referring to. And it's referring to them being full and satisfied. He's saying here, if you seek after righteousness, you're going to be satisfied. You're going to find the joy that you've been looking for. Your heart's going to find that peace. You're going to find the happiness that God has for you. He didn't say your circumstances will change. He didn't say the world's going to get better all around you. You're going to find the happiness in your heart, despite the circumstances, whether you're having good days or poor days, whether people around you are making right decisions or bad decisions. You're going to have the happiness in your heart that God has for you. And that's going to bring the joy into your life. And that's probably what your soul is looking for. That's what all of our souls are looking for. That happiness that only God can give. And that's a craving that, that we should drive for. Now let me uh, give you a couple of things to think on as far as being full. I think obviously salvation is the first one. And we discussed this already. But let me just bring this up real quick. If you're not saved, you're not going to be satisfied in anything else. It just won't happen. You'll not find peace in anything else. You'll not find happiness anywhere else. You, you, you have to be right with God. And when you're right with God, through salvation, through receiving His Son, then there'll be a peace and a joy and a happiness. And, and, and that's the, the peace that's known, knowing that you're forgiven, that your sins have been forgiven, that you're right with God, who is your Creator, who is your Maker, and you're right with Him. And when you're right with Him, then you know other things can fall apart. That's all right. I'm right with God. God's going to take care of things, and I'm right with Him. And so make sure you're saved here this morning. But the next step would be what I'd call that sanctification, making sure as a Christian that you understand that you need to continue to seek after that righteousness that God has, that, that thirsting and hunger after the righteousness that only God can provide as far as being right with Him. So here's really the thought here. As a Christian, we should want to be more like Christ every single day. Every day we should want to be more like Him. So we can wake up and we can compare ourselves to other people. 
I've done that before, by the way. That's wrong, but I've done that. I think we've all probably done that at some point, whether at work, our relationships. We can compare ourselves to someone else. As one person said, you can always find someone who's probably having a worse day than you are, and that'll make you feel better. But when we compare ourselves to Christ, we fall short every single day. And that's the challenge. See, when you compare your life to Christ and you look to Christ, then you wake up and say, you know, I want to be more like Christ this morning. I want to seek His ways. I want to know more about Him and His Word. I want to talk to Him. I want to treat people as He would. Even those who cut me off in traffic. Be Christ-like. I want to treat people as Christ would. I want to be like Christ. I want to be righteous. You see, that's the sanctification side of it. Being like Christ on a daily basis. That's a spiritual hunger, which some have called the paradox here. It's a spiritual hunger that you'll have and you'll be filled but you'll continue to seek more. That makes sense? You, 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 you'll be filled. Christ will satisfy you. But then the next day you'll want more and more to be more like Him. And that's the spiritual hunger that I think as Christians that, that we should seek after, the righteousness of Christ. Uh, let me give you a warning, Christians. You know, you can eat garbage too. Let me just put it that way. You can live for the things of the world as well. You can lose sight of Christ. And when you do that, you'll probably be just as discouraged as someone in the world. Because you have your sights set on the wrong things. You're seeking happiness in the wrong place. Instead of looking to your Savior, to the one who saved your soul, the one who can provide that righteousness in your life. You know, this craving is interesting here, I think, as far as seeking. Uh, the, one of the best illustrations I have, one of the best examples I think I've read on this, is the late Billy Sunday. Uh, he was a sensational preacher, so I don't preach like he does in some things. But uh, that man, uh, reading about his salvation testimony, he was a, a Major League Baseball player, living in the world, not saved, but he'd been raised right. He, he knew Christian teachings, had been raised right by his mom as far as having some understanding of the Bible. Well, he's uh, sitting on the curb one day with some of his buddies, and they're enjoying their alcohol. And he heard a song being played that his mom used to sing to him. And it was over at one of the sides there being played at one of the missions. And in his own words, he said, he goes, my heart, he said, he said, there was something I knew was missing. And he goes, and I told my buddies, I'm done with this. I'm going to go and find it. And he went. He accepted Christ as his Savior that day. His life changed completely to the point where he left all that. You know, it's interesting. Some, uh, in his own words, he said before he was saved, as far as reading the Bible, he had no interest. He said he didn't want to read anything. He said he just played baseball. That's all he cared about. After he was saved, that man read the Bible through over and over and over. There's a, uh, in one of the museums, his, a copy of one of his Bibles, and it's filled with notes. He didn't do that to impress anybody. There was a craving in his heart. There was just a, a hunger and a thirst after righteousness. Even after he was saved, there was a hunger and thirst after the things of God. And that's what I want to encourage you with here this morning or challenge you. Do you have that craving? Is there a, a, a craving for righteousness in your heart? Now, when I say righteousness, we're not looking for the rewards of righteousness. All right, We're not craving these so that way we can have these rewards. What I mean by, and I think the passage here means by righteousness, is being right with God. There is a desire in your heart this morning to say, you know what? I want to be right with God. I want to be right with God. Make sure you're saved and you're right with God. But after you're saved, you know what? I want to continue to be right before God. Romans chapter 12, 1 and 2 talks about... Let's go over there. Let's look what it says here in Romans chapter 12. Uh, an excellent passage on yielding to God and living for Him. He says here, Romans chapter 12. 
And verse 1, he says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be you transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove that what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. You know, this is a, a good passage here on uh, what I would call sanctification, on looking to God. And as, as it says here, He's talking to brethren. He's talking to those that are saved. Uh, he says that you present your bodies a living sacrifice unto God. A living sacrifice. You know, the Lord's not looking for a blood sacrifice or a death sacrifice. Christ did that on the cross. And so you're saved. What He is looking for us now is a living sacrifice to yield ourselves unto Him. Say, Lord, Your will in my life, not mine. I yield unto You in all areas. Not, not just one area or another area, but every area of my life. At home, at work, in the church. Everything I do, God, is, is yours. I yield to you. You see, that's, that's a living sacrifice. That's the sanctification. And that comes from a hunger and thirst after righteousness. If you want to be right with God, you're, you're going to do that. You're going to say, Lord, help me. Your will, not mine. And this is something that I believe is daily. You have to do this every day. Sometimes two or three times a day, depending on how your day goes. You have to yield on the Lord. Say, Lord, help me with this. Your will. Help me to be not conformed to this world. I want to be like you. I want to be like Christ. You see, that's the hunger and the thirst that's, that should be there. You know, as far as the title, uh, what a Christian should be, a Christian should hunger and thirst after righteousness. We should be seeking to be more like Christ every single day. So in closing here this morning, uh, the happy are full. That's what it's saying here. Because you're going to find that peace that God gives if you seek after His righteousness. You're not going to be let down this morning. God's going to fill your heart. He's going to give you the happiness that you're seeking. So the happiness we find here. And let me point this out, because this is important. It's not to those who are seeking happiness. Okay, Somewhere along the lines, our Christianity, modern Christianity, has lost sight of this. It's become more about seeking happiness than holiness. But this verse tells us that happiness comes once you seek the righteousness. In other words, once you seek to be holy, then that's when you're going to find the joy in your heart and the happiness. That's when you're going to be satisfied. So in closing, I guess I can say this, happiness belongs to the holy. Make sure you're saved, and after you're saved, walk with Christ every single day, and you will be full, and you will be satisfied. You've been listening to the preaching of Pastor Ramirez of Central Baptist Church of Little Rock, Arkansas. We hope today's message encouraged you. If you would like more information about Pastor Ramirez or Central Baptist Church, please visit our website, centralbaptistchurch.org. Thank you for listening today. Be sure to join us again for another message from God's Word.